0: If you were to identify the hallmark of Christianity, like what we should be known for, like um, our holiness, like what we're for and what we're against, is that it? You know, or or do you think like if 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 we are in this community and we want people to know that we're Jesus followers, is it is it uh, do we emphasize our theology? You know, I'm Arminian, I'm Calvinist, I'm a post-tribulation rapturist, I'm a, you know, is that, is that like what other, is that people outside of these four walls, when they look inside, is that what we want to be known for? Is that, is that the hallmark of our Christianity is what we're for or what we're against or what we believe about theology and all of the definitions we put on everything? Maybe it's our music style. That's how God's going to reach this world, right, through the music that we have here. I don't think any of those things are what Jesus told his followers that we would be known by. What we see in Scripture, that's supposed to be the hallmark of believers. Like, this is what Christianity ought to look like from those looking in. It's found in John chapter 13, verse 35. I didn't put it up on the screen because I'm not even at my message yet. By this shall all men know. And that word know is the Greek word gnosko, which, which means come to knowledge of. Like, in other words, you're getting acquainted with. So by this, what I'm about to tell you, Jesus said, is how everybody outside of these four walls is going to know that all of us inside the four walls are Jesus followers. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Now I believe you ought to have good theology. I think there ought to be things that you're against. I think there ought to be good things that you are for. I think that I think we have to know what we believe, but on, but that's not what. We are to be identified by, you understand, we're supposed to be identified by the love that we have for each other. Psalm 133, one says, how good and how pleasant is it when brethren dwell together in unity. So I came up with this cool little graphic that I created that is confusing to everybody. I showed it to my wife yesterday, I'm like, what do you think about this? Commun-. She's like, come unity, I don't get it. Say it like faster. Oh, community, community. Oh, community. Okay. But it was too late. I already printed the bulletins, so we're sticking with it, okay? (laughs) I'm not reprinting the bulletins because it doesn't make any sense. Community. Come unity. Like this idea that unity is significantly important in a group Of Jesus' followers. I don't care what church you go to, I don't care what sect you belong to, I don't care what you believe about Calvinism. Unity and the love that we have for each other is the identifying mark of Christianity. And I want to encourage you that if it was a problem when Jesus was on earth with his 12 disciples that spent every day with him, it's a good chance it's still a problem today. So the book of Acts, five times in five chapters, talk about that the early church, as it was birthed in the book of Acts, (laughs) were in one accord. So they were in one accord, and God did amazing things because the early church was in one accord. They were unified. Jesus said in John chapter 17, this is like when he was here on earth with his disciples, this is towards the end of his ministry. He's already looking ahead to his crucifixion at this time. He prays this entire chapter prayer in John chapter 17. This is truly the Lord's prayer. This isn't his model prayer. This is truly his Lord, the Lord's prayer. And in John chapter 17, he says this towards the end of verse 20 into 21, he says this Neither pray I for these alone, my disciples, right here. But for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that's you and me, that they may all be one. I mean, that crossed the lips of Jesus Christ. that He prayed for you and I that we would be one. Just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe That you have sent me. Folks, there's a lot of weight here. Like, there is is a significance that we take for granted in us being on the same page. There is something about unity and the love that we have for each other that is a hallmark of Christianity that is supposed to be the identifying characteristic. How are we doing in Christianity today? The great Apostle Paul, in almost every one of his letters to churches that make up three-fourths, two-thirds of the New Testament, he mentions in almost all of his writings unity and love for each other, stressing that in the churches. Ephesians chapter 4 is our jumping in point here. And if you have your Bibles or your your phone, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3 says this. He's writing to the church in Ephesus, and basically he is saying that this thing about unity needs to be part of the DNA of the church. He says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the capital S spirit in the bond of peace. He stresses our oneness in the next several verses. He says this, there is, in verses four through six, there is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in all. He's making a huge point that we have all of this commonality that we have all of this potential oneness. And that is what identifies who we are. So he lays this incredible foundation of unity. And then he kind of opens up a new door in verse 7 and says, in the midst of all of this incredible unity, this seven-fold oneness that we see, we have incredible individualism. We have diversity. And he says this, he says but unto every one of us. That's individuality. Is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So that word but if you know much about it it is it is a contrasting conjunction. So you have you have a change here. You go from all of this oneness And now he's contrasting all of that oneness with our individuality in the next verse. That we are all individual and we've all been gifted with this grace. And then all the following verses show how our individuality and our faith walk and our giftings are supposed to benefit the body, this church of Christ. We are... Unified, and we have every reason to be unified, a sevenfold reason. But our individuality is so important in who we are as a group. Please note here that Paul is not calling for uniformity, he's calling for unity because unity and uniformity are not the same. Uniformity is two words meaning the same form, that's not what. Christ is looking for here he doesn't want everyone to dress the same and talk the same we are as unique <laughs> as snowflakes that just sounded so weird but that's the first thing that popped into my brain okay yeah I know it that's terrible <laughs> we are incredibly Gifted and individual with different backgrounds and different baggage and different experiences and different giftings. And we bring all of that into this. That's a good thing. And it makes us who we are. Unity is oneness not sameness. We're all different, unique, gifted, diverse. We have different backgrounds, problems, baggage, blessings. And thank God for all of it. That's who we are. That's who God made us to be. And when that all gets together like this and that all begins to happen and it all becomes part of the body of Christ that we are experiencing here, it's a good thing. We're family. We are a family, so we ought to behave like a family. But family members are all different, right? We all have the crazy ones. And if you can't think of any, you're probably the crazy one. <laughs> we all have nut jobs in our family, but they are all part of our family. We're a body. I love the illustration in Ephesians 4. We are a body. And we have all different purposes. Every body part doesn't have to be the same to be unified and function as a body. Like a football team. You got 11 different players that all play different positions, but they have the same coach and the same goal. Some of them trip people some of them hold eye gouge but they all have they all have the same goal in mind and the same coach and that unification of that goal is what what creates success on a team We won't take time to read, but I would encourage you to read the rest of chapter 4 in Ephesians because what Paul does then, he begins to outline some of the giftings that God has given to the local church and like individual members that have different giftings. And what we do with those giftings are to kind of bring those giftings into this local church and God uses those to help each of us get to where we need to be in our relationship with Jesus. We're all invited into this party. We're invited to fully engage in a relationship with Jesus Christ, individually and collectively. We're all invited into this kingdom life. But nobody has a corner on this. Like you can't box it up and sell it. Like, it's, like, like your type of, of faith, your Christianity, what, what it looks like to you may not be what it looks like to me. So don't ask me to see things exactly the way that you see things. And I won't ask you to live exactly the way that I live. Because here's the truth if you followed me around, you'd find a lot of discrepancies. All right? If you follow him, now you're really wondering like, what does he do that he always says that? I'm just human and I blow it. And I got stuff I carry around with me, and you do too. And there's no supernatural knowledge there. I just know that generally, we all have issues, okay? But the truth is that we all are on this faith journey, and we're in different places on our journey. If we would learn to accept others the way that we've been accepted by Christ, boy, could I say that again? If we would learn to accept each other the way that we have been accepted by Christ, not that we're okay with staying that way, but that with Christ, we can make progress. If we would learn to accept each other the way we've been accepted by Jesus, and if we would be Christ-like in that, and accept that we're all on this journey together, going towards the same destination to be in Christ, we would by default be creating a spirit of unity because we're all going in the same direction. We all have the same goal. We have the same coach. We all have the same purpose in life. Our goal is to be like Jesus and to help others be like Jesus. That's pretty simple. Our goal is to be like Jesus and then I'll try to help you be like Jesus and you. Try to help me be like Jesus. Our goal <laughs> is not for everybody to be like us. And that's hard for some people. Because like Christianity looks a certain way to you. And if my Christianity doesn't look the same way to you as it looks as yours looks to you, then for some reason you think my Christianity needs to be altered. But my Christianity is as individual as my relationship with the Lord is. And again, I'll backtrack again, put this in parentheses, stick it over on a shelf and we'll refer to it occasionally. I'm not talking about fundamentals of the faith. I'm not talking about the virgin birth of Christ and living for him and all of those solid things that we all know are critical to our faith. I'm talking about what church life looks like to you. I'm talking about whether you pray kneeling down or while you're driving your car. I'm talking about your faith journey doesn't have to look exactly like mine. Unity is not about uh, unity is not about creating others in our image. Because we've been created in the image of God, not Bob. Sorry, Bob. But we've been created in the image of God. That means you're not created in my image and I'm not created in your image. Thank the Lord. this faith journey is all about humbly following Jesus and understanding what he pulled me out of. And then I'm looking around and saying that he's pulling somebody else out of whatever he's pulling them out of and realizing that everyone is being pulled out of something. And it's a process that we're all in at the same time and that's what creates this unity. I love this definition of evangelism. Evangelism is one beggar telling another beggar where he got the bread. It's as simple as pointing them to Jesus. Now, all that being said, if you've reached perfection, then none of this applies to you. Okay? So you can just shut me out if you if that's not you and you you're there, then you probably ought to be pastoring this church. So what do we do with this? Let me give you just a couple things and we'll wrap things up. First of all, celebrate our differences. Celebrate our differences. Like, and let's again, back here on the shelf, I'm not talking about critical aspects of faith. I'm talking about celebrating our differences. Imagine how boring this would all be if we were all like you. We all have different backgrounds, different experiences, different victories, different defeats, and they make you who you are, and you bring all of that into this. We're a body. We have different parts that do different things, and that's a good thing. We're a team. We all have different positions and different responsibilities, different patterns to run, but we all have the same goal. And we need all of these parts and all of these team members to get to where we need to be. And I love this. Faith is not only an individual journey, but it's also very communal. What do I mean? I mean, like, I'm not going to be there when you're praying. I'm not going to be there maybe when you're reading your Bible. And as you're growing in your faith, that's a very individual thing. But you bring your faith into this community. And so your faith then becomes communal. And then my faith begins to affect your faith. And your faith begins to affect my faith. And the next thing you know, we are doing this thing together and we have a communal faith that's made up of who we are individually. Just like your thumb works just the right way, and and it coordinates with your fingers, and then your brain tells it what to do, and you. so it's very individual, but it's also very communal. Celebrate your differences. Can I help you with that just a little bit? You don't know it all. And nobody has a corner on the market of Jesus. And God does not fit in your God box as well as you think he does. So there's a lot of stuff I can't explain about God and that ought to humble me a lot. And there's a lot that you can't explain about God and that ought to humble you a lot. And you're gonna get to heaven one day and be like, you know what? I was dead wrong. And I hurt a lot of people because I thought I was so right. So my suggestion is, God gave you two ears and only one mouth. Behave accordingly. And allow God to speak into your life. And if you've earned the right to speak into somebody else's life, then feel free. But a lot of you are making withdrawals without making any deposits. You're not investing in anybody else, but you feel like you can critique them. So, my suggestion is that, that celebrate our differences, right? Because it's really a beautiful thing. And you might learn something if you'd listen. You know what's refreshing to hear? I don't know. I had someone ask me if I could, they could speak with me after the service this morning. We're talking, and it was a, some deep questions about God. And I looked at him, I said, I don't know. But let's talk about this some more shoot me an email. Let's have conversation. Let's let's talk about this. Why are we afraid to say, I don't know? I don't know. But we are. But there's a lot that you think you understand, but I do not think that means what you think it means. Celebrate our differences. Second of all, focus on Jesus. Here's the beautiful thing, and I'll wrap, wrap up quickly here, but focus on Jesus because if we're all focusing on the same thing, it creates unity by default. But if I'm focused on everything you're not doing or how your faith doesn't look like my faith, then I'm not looking at Jesus anymore. I'm looking at you. And now we're gonna create derision. But if we all are looking at Jesus, kind of heading the same direction, we're just kind of arm in arm, kind of helping each other along this journey. We have unity by default. We all have the same goal in mind, to know Jesus, to help other people get to know Jesus and to spread the word about Jesus. Let's make that the big thing. That's like what we're here for. Having the same focal point creates unity by default. If we focus on our difference, then our focus is on each other. But if we focus on Jesus, then we have unity. And thirdly, get in the game. Get in the game you're part of the body for a reason. You're part of Virginia Hills Church for a reason. Well, you know, Eric, I'm kind of visiting. <laughs> That's like 60% of you, okay? I'm not kidding. Like, if you, if you attended church here two years ago and you look around, you probably don't know over half the people. So, so, so don't, don't think, well, you know, I've only been coming for, for six months. You're like a veteran, Okay? Get in the game. There's a reason God has you here. And I've never been a part of a more beautiful group of people in my life. And I've been in ministry now for over 25 years. And I've never been a part, and I don't mean like you're pretty. I mean like you have beautiful hearts, and I believe you want what God wants, and I believe that you want to help, and I believe that's what we have here, and God is doing something tremendous here so get in the game like you have a position right we don't need a bench warmer we need people on the field there are our own there, there there's no unnecessary body parts some of them are a little funny looking some of them we can't figure out what they really do but we got them all we need them all right so so we're going to assume that we need you here What's your purpose? We need more players and fewer armchair quarterbacks. We need more contributors and fewer critics. And please understand, I'm not fixing nothing. I just, I want to keep what we have. So let me wrap up with this. I know that it is difficult sometimes because there are things that you feel like, okay, we probably went too far with that one. And I know that we're probably going to do things that's going to cause you to have an eye roll. All right, eye rolls, eyes roll. One eye roll would be really weird. If you can do that, see me afterwards. I'd love to see it. So we're going to do some things that will make your eyes roll, okay? Okay. Or you might look at this kind of sideways. Uh, you know, one of the, one of the, the part of who we are as a church is kind of like in who Virginia Hill's church is. We're not afraid to try stuff. And we will likely fail. And that's I'm okay with that. Like, we just won't do that again. We'll do something equally as stupid that looks different. But if it's not illegal and it'll help someone come to know Jesus, we're going to give it a shot. All right, we, we love the Lord and we feel like there's a lot of latitude in how you reach Jesus, how you reach people for Jesus. And, and that's what we're interested in doing. So I'm expecting to fail. But if you never attempt stuff, then you're living in a very safe zone and not really going anywhere. So here, here's the reason I said all that. We won't always agree and I'll be wrong a lot, okay? And if we do something and you're like, well, that was stupid. Yeah, we probably already know. And I'm, I'm, and I'm not like saying we're going to do this all the time, so don't get scared. But, and we're not trying to do anything stupid. It's not like I have something in my mind. But you never know. It's like, anyway, so where do you draw the line as to what to make a fuss over and what not to make a fuss over, right? So what? Where, where do you say, okay, I can accept that, or we need to reconsider that, or we'll let that slide, or that really needs to change? Because this has been going on through church history for 2,000 years, where... What do we accept? What don't we accept? What we allow? What don't we allow? So let me, let me just give you this thing that you probably have already seen, but it speaks so well to how to respond to differences. It was originally attributed, a lot of people try to attribute it, to St. Augustine of Hippo, but there's not really a lot of evidence for that. If that was the case, it would have been a long, long time ago. But we do know that this was actually in writing in the 1600s. So there's this cool little set of phrases that that we have discovered that i think are just so helpful when you don't know whether to make a big deal about something or not the first thing is this in essentials like those things that are rock bottom core in the faith unity we need to be on the same page with our doctrinal statement what we believe about jesus christ what we believe about the bible what we believe about the virgin birth of Christ, his imminent return, those are the things that we actually list on our Facebook, on our our website. You can go there and see what we believe. Boom, 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 boom. About a dozen things. In those essential things, we need to have unity. And then there's a bunch of things out there that we call non-essentials. The songs that we sing, the color paint on the walls, how dim the lights are, the type of socks I wear, We need to have liberty. So in other words, they're not essential. These are non-essential. So we all need to enjoy some liberty there. But in all things, charity. So full circle, Jesus said that it's that charity that will be the identifying mark of the Christian church. And as we Practice charity with each other. There's a lot of room. There's a lot of latitude. I mean, on a personal level, with your spouse, with your children, at work, and here at church. The way that you react, the way that you interact, needs to be full of charity. Let's pray. God, we are in a good spot. We're in a good place Father, I feel strongly that we are poised to make a significant impact on your kingdom. And thank you for the folks that are attending here that are a part of who we are. God, I just want to follow you and just be who you want us to be individually and as a church. Help us to be open to change so that we don't stay the same, so that we are becoming more like Jesus. We love you. Thank you for what you're doing here and in our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.